Oh my god, what's up party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at the handle on Twitter for as long as Twitter is still running. Oh god, and also at Romancing Nancy on Twitter if you are so inclined. Again, for as long as the Titanic is slowly sinking. You know, you know. If you know, you know. Otherwise, probably Mastodon, but God knows. It's fine. This week, we are finally in December of 1988 with Death by Design, which is book 30 of the Nancy Drew Files series. I fucking love this book. Oh my God. You can tell that sometimes the books do not spark joy the way that others do. This one, I fucking adore for several thousand reasons, most of which Ned is there. And if you squint, maybe they did it. No. You're like, girl, whenever Ned pops up in a book, you're pretty sure they did it. And you are not wrong. Like, that is my dream. That is my dream for this couple. Anyway, where were we? Oh, I need to start off with a description of the cover because this book, as you can tell by the title, is all about fashion. Oh my God. And Nancy is wearing an outfit on the cover that she absolutely does not fucking wear in the text. So that's always fun for me to yell at. She is wearing an orange cropped blazer with breast pockets with the sleeves rolled up to her elbows and also some gloves that are reaching like halfway up her forearm and look like they're they're the intentionally slouchy kind but also probably leather and she is wearing okay based on the like medium-sized image in the background apparently it is a come a little bit pleated pencil skirt with some slash pockets oh my god because nancy knows that pockets are important even if you're wearing an outfit that doesn't exist she's wearing like it looks like a just a basic brown shell underneath it's fine because again the cover artist can make her hair whatever they want so she's rocking a like darker red for this one like a maybe a, a tasteful auburn also, again, I can't emphasize this enough. She doesn't fucking wear this outfit in the book. I don't know if they hadn't finalized what the outfit was going to be when they were talking to the cover artist or if the cover artist was like, you know what? I'm going with autumn tones. I don't know because we're doing like it's it's not giving pumpkin, but it's also not not giving pumpkin. So there's that. And and again, this one is actually set around Thanksgiving, even though it came out in December. But that's why, because I remember going to the bookstore the month before they were supposed to be released and being like, hey, do you have it in the back room? And they'd be like, hell yeah, we do. So it's not out of the question. Um, in the medium ground, like not quite behind Nancy, but kind of is Paul from the book, who has a big old, big ass 1988 camera with a detachable lens so that you know he's serious he is wearing a like medium matte brown leather jacket and he's looking a little bit shifty because he's gonna um and also khakis because he's unimaginative in the pants region and i mean every part of that um in the background is bess who has blonde hair which is pulled back and she's got she's got a lot of bang happening which again it's 1988 what the fuck else were you gonna do other than nancy who was like i'm above all this Bess is wearing an oversized pink sweater, and she is holding Nancy, who has collapsed, which does happen in the text, so there's that. At least at least we did do a little bit of the homework. Not all of it, though. Not all of it. Okay. Again, we're in Chicago. Oh, we're in Chicago for Thanksgiving-ish reasons. The, the book is never actually explicit about this. There is one point where um, I think that Bess mentioned something about a Christmas present, and Nancy's like, well, you've got like six weeks until Christmas, so it's not even quite Thanksgiving. And also, Ned is home for vague reasons. He's like, I've got a week off from Emerson. And you're like, there was a gas leak. Or um, y'all are all actually government agents, which is my favorite theory right now. Like, Emerson is just a front for government agents. They train there, and they occasionally let some students in just to pretend that it's legit. But it is in no way legit. And so that's how Nancy, Nancy is able to call on Ned at any point, and he's able to come to her. If he's got a paper to write, that means that he is maybe protecting the president of some country from an, an overwhelming riot. We don't know. We just don't know. He can't tell her for government reasons. So Ned's home, and this book picks up with Ned being like, I'm going to miss you while you're gone. And Nancy being like, Ned, it's, I'm, I'm so sorry that it worked out this way. Like, we were going to have so much fun over your break, and oh my god, and I'm so sorry. And Ned's like, Ned is like pretending that he is heartbroken over this, like for reasons i was like because he wants comfort sex like that's what's happening here he's like if we did it i would not feel so sad and nancy's like legit though i feel you um anyway but Bess comes over and she's like nancy we gotta go we gotta go and nancy's like okay okay also 
Chekhov's gun-ish, uh, Carson is going on a fishing trip in Canada where they don't have phones. All of Canada, I, uh, you know, just a news alert, Canada. You don't have phones in 1988. Like, they don't exist. Anyway, he's going to be out in the middle of nowhere. And Nancy's like, well, a phone would scare off the fish. And I was like, I love how she has the exact same level of knowledge that I do about fishing, which is none. Like, she's like, I don't know. Fish and, and phones are not a thing that goes together. Um, but yeah, so Ned's like, I'm, oh, it's, I'm so sad that you're going to be gone. And Nancy's like, well, I mean, the weird thing to me is, again, like, Nancy and Bess are going to Chicago in the books, like pretty consistently in the files, River Heights is kind of presented as maybe not a suburb of Chicago, but like reasonably close to the point that like you can do a day commute there. And so for Nancy to be like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm not going to see you. I would have been like, he's in River Heights. You're in, you're in Chicago. Like he can come up and see you for lunch. Like what the fuck? But anyway, maybe, maybe we're pretending that it's Thanksgiving and he has family things. It's whatever, whatever. But then why is Carson going to be in a fishing cabin in Canada with no internet access slash banging Nina De Silva from two books ago? We all know what's happening. We all know it. Anyway. Oh, she never happens again. Like, you you know this. She know No. The ghost writers don't talk to each other. It's fine. Um, yeah. So, um... Carson's like, oh, Hannah, come help me finish packing so that Nancy and I can have some alone time slash explaining hickeys. It's fine. Um, so yeah, Nancy gets to say goodbye to Ned in whatever special way she decides because we then cut scene and I was like, yeah, y'all banged because that's what I'm here for at all times. Anyway, so Nancy and Bess head to Chicago. What is the case you ask? And the answer is it's none of your fucking business. No. Okay. So apparently last month, uh, which again, time has no meaning in these books, and so every every day you start anew. It's it's all Groundhog Day at all times. Um, George was apparently in Chicago watching some figure skating things, which does not feel entirely off brand for her, but also feels a little bit off brand for her. But I mean, figure skating is very athletic, so I get it. Also, George seems very um, Olympics enthusiast. So it kind of makes sense to me that she'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go watch figure skating and it's going to be great. And also maybe make besties with some gay people. I don't know. It's, it, we're going to see how it plays out. Anyway, so George is in the stands watching and she finds out that she's sitting next to the costume designer for w one of the figure skaters. And she's like, oh my God, that's so cool. And the designer who was named Kim Daly. I have decided that for this book, she will be played by Feruza Balk from The Craft, which means that everybody else ended up being characters from The Craft. So, sure, it's fine. Um, Yeah, so Feruza Balk is like, yes, I designed that costume, and also I'm a bad bitch. And also, um, somebody's been threatening me. And George was like, oh, one of my besties is a private detective, and she loves this kind of shit. So, yes, please, please let her come help you. And so Kim Daly slash Feruza Balk was like, Hell yeah. Give me her deets. It's fine. I will set something up through my assistant slash my sister, who I fucking hate. Anyway, when I say that Kim Daly slash Faruza Balk believes she is a bad bitch, I am not exaggerating that in any way whatsoever. Like, she is living that dream of 1988 fashion woman. Nancy tells Ned about this case, and she says that Kim Kim's designs are very much, like, high fashion. So, she said that there's an entire line that Kim's designed is like leather things that you can like zip attachments onto, which you're like, I know exactly where your mind went, probably. But it's like a skirt that you can zip boots onto. Like, I was like, is this like a, some sort of hammer situation? Do you have parachute pants? What, what's happening? But anyway, like, anyway, you can zip your boots to your outfit for needing to pee reasons. Um, I don't know. It's, it seems very impractical. But also, Nancy's like, that's, that's like runway. It's not like meant for you to wear. Also, like, patted out to here, and she holds her hands, like, way above her shoulders, and that's like, yes, of course, you are a power woman of 1988. Of course, you're going to need some fucking shoulder pads to note that you are the quarterback of any situation, which Nancy is. I mean, no duh, but it's fine. So, yeah, so Kim has, Kim slash Faruza Balk has been receiving threats. Like, when I say that, I mean, like, her intensity feels that level where she's like, yes, I'm going to stare intently at everybody and believe that they are out to get me. Like, she feels like she's on speed half the time, and I feel like that's probably legit. 
So the thing is that Kim has been designing for, quote, teens. Like, it's adorable the way they keep referring to, this is for teens. Like, that has not been a thing that's been happening, which, again, like, would have been a fairly-ish new concept in 1988. But anyway, it's fine. Um, So it's like all the zipper things are, like, supposed to be, like, high fashion for teens. But Kim has been trying to branch out into like, more adult, like, formal wear, like, I guess more traditional, not, not more traditional, but more like, like, the adult market, I guess, but not the adult market, which sounds, again, like you're zipping things on the leather, but it's fine, um, yeah, so, she, there's this really exclusive, very important fashion show that's gonna be happening in Chicago, like, next week, in book terms, in book time. So Kim is up there and she's being threatened and she's upset. And so Nancy's there to kind of like figure out who's threatening her and take care of it before the fashion show. Because I think one of the major concerns that they have is that some, they're like, there's going to be sabotage during the fashion show. There's going to be like somebody that's going to try to fuck with her, which again, like it kind of makes sense because Kim slash Farisa Balk is extremely brittle during this entire fucking book. Like she is again, like on speed at all times, like just fucked up and attacking people. There's a lot of attacking people in this book to the point that you're like, is this like that X-Files episode where Mulder was on LSD because of his water supply in his apartment building and he just started attacking Crycheck out of nowhere, which Crycheck deserved it because he was a terrible person. Anyway, was that happening? Maybe. I don't know. It's fine. So, um, Nancy's up there to figure out what's going on and it's been, um, threatening phone calls, um, I don't know if she's gotten, I don't think she actually got any notes, actually, because of a plot point that happens later on. It's just been, like, things like that, threats like that. So, um, Nancy and Bess go to Chicago. They check into the hotel, which is apparently, like, an older hotel, but, like, it's still upscale. To the point that Nancy and Bess check into a fucking suite, which, again, when I use fucking there, I mean that, because anytime Nancy and Bess are in a suite, I'm like... So Ned can visit and y'all can have privacy. Nancy's always like, oh, yes, this is very expensive. And I'm like, bitch, not all of it. Like, most of us would be like, do you have, what's the cheapest room you have? And we'll just throw everybody else on the floor in sleeping bags. Like, again, it's fine. You you operate at a higher echelon than we do, and it's fine. But anyway, so she and Bess have a suite. They check in. They go to see Kim, um, who has taken up like an entire fucking floor of the hotel, which again, I don't logistically, this just does not feel like it makes sense, but it's fine. Whatever. Sure. It's sure. Um, So they go up there. They meet Kim, who this is like them meeting Kim for the first time to the point that oh, Kim's like, which one is you? It's which because she she doesn't know Nancy, of course. And so Nancy's like, oh, I'm Nancy. This is Bess. There are, in the suite, is, like, a, a thousand people just running everywhere. Nancy sees, like, somebody, like, sewing silver trim onto a black jumpsuit or vice versa. Um, a metallic jumpsuit. Um, just people running around and being, like, she's she says she wants this yesterday. I, like, again, giving the whole, like, I'm a bad bitch. Y'all do what I say. I'm, a, I'm like, an unreasonable person to work for, etc. Like, just, just giving that vibe at all locations. Just, just admitting it. So when Nancy walks in there, like Kim's like, Morgan, come give them some fucking tea. And Nancy's like, uh, I mean, we're, we're fine though. Like it's, it's fine. Like don't put yourself out for us. Morgan walks in who will be played by, uh, Nev Campbell because we're sticking to the craft. Um, anyway, so she walks in and she's like, Hey, um, I'll, I'll go get some tea. And like, she just like fucking yells at Morgan, like all the damn time. Nev Campbell is like, I can't do I can do nothing right for you. But Kim is just like, also Kim has a small dog named Chanel. And you're like, of course she fucking does. Of course she does. Like she's, I don't, I think she's a terrier. She's not a chihuahua. I was like, teacup chihuahua that can fit into her handbag but no no anyway so she's in there she's talking to nancy like her desk is a mess of just like designs and shit and she's just yelling at people like get get this and blah blah and and i got a threatening phone call and you you have to find who's doing this because i can't take the stress and nancy's like okay we'll we'll do our best and she's like but i mean it's, it's gonna be real real hard because again everybody has reason to hate kim like people who love her are like but you're a bitch though bad bitch. So Nancy's in there with her and somebody calls on the phone and she's like, it's another call. And she puts it on speaker. And the person is like, 
I'm gonna get you, sucker, or whatever the fuck. Like, you think you're a bad bitch. Watch. And a fucking, like, paperweight on her desk fucking explodes. And sends glass everywhere. And, like, one of her assistants comes in, like, Sarah, to see what the fuck the noise is. And, like, gets fucking cut in the face by some flying glass. Like, Nancy, like, tackles Kim to make sure that she doesn't get hit by the glass. And Bess, you know, like, hits the floor. But, like, Sarah gets hit. And Kim's like, oh, my God, who would do this? And Nancy's like, that was fucked up. And also the person who called, like, their voice was being distorted with, like, we're talking about Home Alone 2 technology at this point where there's a talk boy involved. Um, But she notes that the person, like, seems to pause on the S sound. And she's like, that's strange. Maybe that's because of the voice distortion. It's fine. So she just files that away for future reasons. So, um, Bess takes Sarah to get checked out, like... Kim's like, well, get back here as soon as you can. And Nancy's like, oh my God, can you please just pause it for just any any amount of time, an angstrom of time. But Kim also, I think that Sarah walked in with a dress and Nancy's like, oh, that's really cute. And Kim was like, oh, I'm going to wear it to the the opening of her, like some some sort of big event, like maybe the, the actual show. And she's like, oh, I, I would like to have a model try it on. You should wear it. And, and Bess is like, yeah, I wouldn't be able to fit into that. But Nancy's about Kim's size and height and everything. So Nancy goes to try it on. And it is a white silk suit. So it's got the jacket and a skirt. And they are made of white watered silk with a lacy black cami underneath. And Nancy's like, this is actually really fucking cute. And it's got a little like ruby pin on the lapel. And so Nancy goes to try it on. She's like, okay, oh, somebody didn't fasten the pin. So she goes to fasten the pin and it like pricks her finger just a little bit, but not enough to draw blood. She's like, okay, I didn't get blood on the outfit, which again, I swear to God, if somebody had been like, I'm going to wear this to prom, but do you want to try it on first? I'd be like, fuck no, I don't. Oh my God. Because then she's like, Nancy, come to lunch with me. And Nancy's not like, oh, I should change. She's like, oh, that's fine. Which uh, white silk, have you ever heard of anything more likely to a bring on your period and be attract all ketchup in the room? So anyway, but Nancy's like, I'm a bad bitch. Let's do this. So she wears it. She wears that shit down to the hotel, like eating area down to the hotel dining room. So that and which is where everybody is. Everybody goes there to be to see and be seen. It is like the the spring house at Bath and any sort of Regency romance novel. And you're like, how do you know that? And I'm like, shut up. So, so they go down there and, um, I think that like Bess comes back from helping Sarah and she's like, yeah, I think she's going to be okay. Not that Kim gives any, any number of fucks about that, but it's cool. Um, Kim's major competition in the room seems to be Lena who, um, I didn't cast her. I don't like her, but I didn't cast her. I, I will be, I will be clear, though. I don't really like any of them. And they're not meant to be liked. I'm going to be honest with you. They all, like, seem like catty bitches. It's like Real Housewives of Chicago Fashion Edition. Because, oh my god, they're so fucking mean to each other. To the point that, like, Lena comes up and she's like... I can't remember if they go over to their table or what, because there's a lot of, like, backbiting between the two of them. And they're like, oh, it's nice to see you here. Like, just glaring at each other, but being very syrupy sweet when they're talking. And Nancy's like, oh, y'all hate each other. Okay. So at Lena's table is Paul, the photographer on the cover, who used to be Kim's boyfriend. And Kim was like, yeah, we're not together anymore. And I fucking hate him. And Nancy was like, oh, okay. So he has reason to not like you. And she's like, probably not him. Um, Lena, who hates Kim. Morgan, who again, is treated like absolute shit by Kim. Sarah, who is treated like absolute shit by Kim. Like literally any other character in the book other than Nancy and Bess has reason to want to punch this girl out. So there's that. So they're at lunch, and they're talking, and Nancy's like, okay, can you tell me anything about anybody else? And Kim's like, yeah, Lena wishes she was me, but she fucking sucks. And she's wearing, like, a day glow. It says, like, traffic light yellow, and I was like, I understand what you're trying to say, but I feel like day glow, which is a word that is used in this book, I feel like day glow yellow would probably be a better descriptor, because it sounds like that level of just, like, over-the-top, blaringly, like, yes, I am the peacock. Watch. Like that level of bad bitch. So anyway, so they're talking and, um, shit. Okay. Okay. Um, Nancy's talking to them and she's trying to think through it and she's like, okay, who could have done this? What's going on? And she like passes the fuck out. Nancy does. 
And Bess is like sitting over and when she wakes up and she's like, oh my God, are you okay? And it's like, I must just have a, I'm, I don't know, maybe I picked up a, a bug. I, let me go lay down. And so Bess takes Nancy up to the room and Nancy's like, okay, well, you know, I just, I just need a nap. It's fine. I'll just, I'll just walk it off. It's fine. So, and again, I was like, where, where's the outfit she's wearing? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Cause apparently she fainted in the magic outfit, but I don't know. Anyway, she wakes up and she's like, okay, um, let's, let's go do some investigating. I feel much better. And Bess is like, sure, hon, sure. Let's, let's go do that. They go up to Lena's area because again, like I think all the major designers have a floor of the hotel for reasons. Um, so they go up there to talk to Lena, but they run into Paul and Paul's like, oh, she's really, really busy and she can't talk to you right now. And Nancy's like, oh, okay. Um, so tell me more about the show or what, because she wants any, any sort of clues she can pick up, anything she can get, any sort of vibe from the office. Like, is, is Lena good to work for? Anyway, um, but Nancy saw an interaction between Paul and, um, dipshit. No, it's fine. Um, Kim. And she was like, wow, like Paul seriously still has the hots for Kim. And Kim is like, why don't you dine a fire? Like, oh my God, it's, it's real, real bad. Um, and so Paul is clearly still pining, clearly. Anyway, so Paul's like, yeah, we're designing the show. And he takes Nancy and Bess through this room and it's full of just like all this equipment and Nancy sees a voice recorder slash distorter that would have been able to make that call. And she's like, Oh, tell, Oh, I see that you have a, and Paul's like, no, you didn't see that. No, you didn't get out, get out, get out, get out. And Nancy's like, Oh, okay. So she's like, okay, he didn't want us to see that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he made the call. And Bess is like, yeah, that's true. Also on Lena's desk, they see a sketch of the same ruby pin that was on the outfit that Nancy was wearing when she passed out. And the other thing that happens that's weird around this time is that Morgan walks in, again, Kim's sister, played by Neff Campbell. Kim, of course, being played by Faruza Balk. Um, so Morgan walks in, Neff Campbell, and Kim is immediately like, where did you get that pin? And Morgan's like, I got, I was, I went to a secondhand store on my lunch break and I thought it was really cute. And Kim's like, give that, to, you stole that from me. Give that to me. And she like rips it off her shirt. And Morgan like bursts into tears and Nancy's like, that, oh, okay. Like maybe, maybe half the meth that you're currently taking. I'm just, just a, just a note, just a suggestion. Because Kim's like, no, no one has that pin. That pin looks exactly like the one that, that Nancy was wearing. And Nancy's like, so, huh. Okay, okay. So Lena, Lena has a design of the pin on her desk. Morgan has a copy of the, oh, okay, okay, okay. Interesting, good to know, good to know. So, um, I think... I think it's later on that day. The timeline gets really weird because it gets really compressed and there's a lot happening. Um, I think it's later on that day that Nancy's like, can I talk to Morgan? Because she sees the pen, the design of the pen on the desk and she realizes what that probably means. So she goes to see, um, she goes to see Morgan who was swimming in the pool. Although, no, I think this must have happened a little bit later. But anyway, so she's like, um, um, the pen. And so Morgan said, oh, I knew you were going to find out, which, okay, which means it had to have happened later. So we're going to have to circle back to it. Anyway, I think that Nancy gets, like, really tired that night. She has no appetite. She's like, I must be coming down with something that's really bad. She calls Ned on the phone that night, and she's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm you know, the case has been really weird. Kim's a whole ass bitch. Like, maybe two bitches. Maybe. Um, and I wish you were here. And it's like, do you want me to come visit? Like, you sound like you're usually Superwoman, but do you need Superman? And she's like, well, I mean, I'll, I'll keep that in my back pocket. And I was like, y'all are adorable. I love you. I need you to get married immediately and, and live in a committed relationship and bust up some HOAs. Anyway, so they have a cute conversation. It's like, we'll rest up and feel better because I don't want you to feel bad. Nancy goes to sleep that night. When she wakes up the next morning, she's feeling kind of better. But there's a note that's taped to the door. And I think that Bess is, Nancy's like, oh, Bess, go ahead and go to breakfast. I'll, you know, like take a shower and I'll meet you down there. Um, because she wants Bess to be down there to see the interactions between the people, between her suspects and everything and see how they're behaving to each other. If there's any clues she can pick up. And Bess is like, okay. Um, so there's a note taped to her door. Or she, or a note is slid under the door that Nancy doesn't see who left it. And when she opens it up, there's a note that says, 
Hey, so, um, you ran into something that wasn't meant for you. I'm really sorry. You seem like a nice person. And Nancy's like, what the fuck? And, and the person says, you have been poisoned. And if you are not treated for the poison within 72 hours, then you will die. And Nancy's like, F- what? What? And she looks at it and she's like, oh shit, that makes a lot of sense. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. So, and it says like, go to a hospital. And so Nancy's like, okay, okay, I'm going to go to a hospital. So she leaves the fucking note in the suite. Okay. Again, Bess is not there. She gets dressed. She goes down to the lobby. She runs into Bess. Bess is like, oh, I I was just waiting for you. What's up? And Nancy's like, can't talk right now. I I left a note in our suite. The note that she left in the suite about the poisoning I had a note attached to it that said, please take this, this to the police and get it dusted for prints, okay? This is what we're talking about here. And Nancy's like, can't explain. Go up to the suite. Which, again, means that she's, like, not going to break to best what's going on. She gets into a taxi. Apparently, there's some sort of parade going on. Not not the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, And her cab driver's like, oh, this is going to be fucked up. Oh, no. And there's a cop nearby. And Nancy's like, make a fucking U-turn. We need to go to the fucking hospital for fuck's sake. And the cabbie's like, okay, lady. And he, like, does, he busts out a Yui. They don't get stopped by the cops. So, because, again, it's Nancy Drew, and she's recognized on site, and they know that if they fucking with her, that her dad will destroy all of them. So, they take her to the hospital. Nancy, like, get, and they're like, fill out this paperwork. And Nancy's like, I've been fucking poisoned! And they're like, fill out this paperwork. And I was like, I love the note of authenticity here, that they're like, we don't fucking care. Do you have your insurance card? Like, that's, that's the real thing that we need to know right now. So, finally, Nancy gets called back. I want to remind you that Bess has no fucking clue where she is, okay? She has no fucking clue where she is. She finally gets called back to see Dr. Liston, who is a woman. And Dr. Liston is like, so tell me everything. So Nancy lays it out for her. She's like, okay, we're going to draw blood and we're going to like do a physical workup. We're going to see what we can do to narrow this down. So they send it off to pathology. It takes an hour for the results to get back. And I was like, that feels like somebody put a rush on it or that you're just going to be lying outright about whatever you find, but it's fine. Um, Pathology is inconclusive. They know the family of the poison, but they do not know the specific poison. And Nancy's like, well, give me all the antidotes. Like, just, if you know which one, then just give me all of them. And she's like, we can't do that because we don't know which one you have and we don't want to treat you incorrectly. So, what she tells Nancy is she's like, okay, the morning of your deadline, because apparently it's going to be around lunchtime. She says that morning, you need to get here. Like, if you find out what the poison is so that we can get the antidote made so that we can help you because no, but she, she doesn't see any reason to doubt the information that Nancy's been poisoned. And Nancy's like, fucking awesome. Just doing great. Love it. 10 out of 10, no notes. So yeah, Nancy heads back to the hotel and Bess is like almost collapses. She was so fucking worried about Nancy. She was like, oh my God, I didn't know where you were. And I was, I was so afraid. Nancy's like, yeah, we got to find who fucking did this. Like, oh my God. So they start narrowing it down. They're like, who could have done this? Who could have done this? Okay, well, anybody, and how could it have happened? And so Nancy finally is like, that pen, the pen had poison on it. That's the only thing that I did that was unusual. Um, Whenever the tea was brought in, all of them had tea. Oh, also, I forgot to mention this. Chanel, the little dog, like, loves fucking tea. And so Kim was like, oh, Chanel, here, have some tea. And, like, put some in a saucer for her and gave her a chocolate cookie. And I was like, this is how you kill dogs, but okay. Um, Anyway. So Nancy was like, we all had the tea. We all, like... There's nothing that I did that was unlike what any of you did. And then she's like, the pen. The pen pricked me. And it apparently was enough to get the poison into my system. So, because she realizes that Morgan had a copy of the pen, that's why she says that she needs to go to... And she also tells Kim. Like, she's like, hey, so some fucker tried to poison you and got me by mistake. And Kim's like, fuck, that sucks. Um, I got some shit to do. And Nancy's like, cool. That's, that's exactly on brand for you. I'm, I'm really happy that you have zero fucks to give for absolutely anybody. Um, cool. Where is Morgan? And so she goes down to talk to Morgan who was swimming in the pool. Morgan's like, I knew you were going to find out. And Nancy's like, okay, so what's, tell me what the poison is. Tell me what the antidote is. And Morgan's like, what are you talking about? And Nancy's like, what are you talking about? And so Morgan tells Nancy that like a week ago, I think it's, it's been a few days or a week. Um, Lena came up to 
um, Kim's suite to, like, quote, give her some papers back or some shit. Like, she made up some fucking excuse. And Morgan was like, and I let her into Kim's office, and I didn't stand there with her. Like, I knew what she was going to do. I knew she was going to snoop through her designs and maybe steal something, but I didn't... I didn't walk in, I didn't watch her like I knew it but I was just so fucking fed up with Kim because Kim like legit eats me alive every fucking day and I'm fucking sick of it and Nancy's like maybe I'm okay she doesn't Nancy doesn't want to get in the middle of it because she's like Kim is a hose beast to everybody so it's really really bad and also like the whole family dynamics thing and you don't want to stick your nose in but she's also like yeah Kim is a bitch like you ain't wrong so so Nancy's like, okay, so I don't think it was Morgan. So Morgan says that Lena gave her a copy of the pen. And so Nancy's like, okay, so it could be Lena. Okay. So, yeah. So there's that. So Nancy talks to Bess and she's like, okay, I have an idea. I want to put a note on... Oh, the other thing that she does is I think as soon as she gets back to the the hotel room, I think it's like as soon as she gets back from the hospital when she finds out that, no, they can't, like, immediately treat her for, like, broad-spectrum poison. <laughs> It's like, antibiotics are just going to knock it right out. So she calls Ned and she's like, I need you here. And he's like, I will be right there. Like, he doesn't even stop to fucking ask what's going on. He's like, okay, I'll be right there as soon as I can get there. And that's it. Like, that's it. She just says, I need you. And that's it. Which is why I love this book so fucking much. Oh, my God. I love it. Anyway, so Ned's en route. Uh, Nancy decides that she's going to put a note on. There's, like, this bulletin board that's, like, full of messages to people who are appearing in the fashion show. It's, like, you know, to communicate between them. And so Nancy puts a note on the board, and it's, like, it doesn't say, like, you poison, like, misconnection. You poisoned me. I've been poisoned. Maybe we should meet. But it's basically that. So it's like, um, whoever has a pressing deadline of 72 hours about a, a thing that is a urgent thing that happened to ND, um, please come to the main ballroom at 3 o'clock. And so she's hoping that whoever sees it will... Because again, it sounded like it was a mistake like, the person could be reasoned with. Like, okay, can you tell me what the poison was so I can get treated for it? Because, again, why even why even let her know if unless you have the intent to do that? Although, I would point out, why even let her know if you weren't going to tell her in the fucking letter? Or, like, go to the hospital, tell them that you were poisoned with this. But anyway, it's fine. We need to have a ticking time bomb for this. We need to... She needs to be Jack Bauer in 24, where she's running around punching Nazis in the face. So, it's fine. It, we're, we're cool with it. We're chill. So... Ned arrives. Um, I think that Nancy goes somewhere with Bess, and when she comes back to the room, their hot, their hotel door, like they can tell that the lights on, and they're like, "Fuck, I, sh- I closed up. What's 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 going on?" They open the door, and there's Ned, and he was like really nervous. He was like, "When I didn't see one here, I thought that something had happened," and he gives Nancy a big hug, and she's like, and she like fucking bursts into tears because she's just overwhelmed with all this she's like i can't fucking believe this like the first thing she thinks about is like am i ever gonna see my dad again i I need ned here with me like oh my god oh i'm sorry george is on a cruise in the caribbean for this book which is why she's not here like making eyes at kim daly because i was like maybe maybe there was some tension between the two of them i don't know it's fine it's fine no no big Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, Nancy's like burst into tears. She tells Ned the whole story, and he's like, "Whatever I can do, I'm at your disposal." And she, he's like, "You're gonna lick this, like you. Every case you've ever taken on, you have, you've managed to win." And Nancy's like, "Yeah, but it's never been like this before." So there's that. Oh my God. Okay, so the deadline rolls around. Nancy, of course, has told Bess and Ned what's about to happen, and they both go with her for moral support, slash, she occasionally is staggering like she's gotten real blitzed and cannot hold her feet. It's fine. Um, They go down there, and of course, like, they're like, okay, the poisoner's gonna walk in, and and we're gonna have to, like, you know, convince them to tell us the name of the poison, etc. Side note, before we get to this, um... The uh, remember when I said that um let's see Kim was sitting at one table for Isabel, and then Lena who I haven't cast but was wearing that traffic yellow Deglo outfit, um so she was sitting at a table with Paul who is a photographer who is like it he's working for Lena but also it sounds like maybe they I don't know it doesn't really sound like they have a relationship like 
it's it's a professional relationship, but it also kind of feels like it was a catty bitchy thing for her to do to to like poach Paul away from from Kim and then be like, oh, I got your ex boyfriend, ha! <laughs> but you know, it's fine. The other person at the table was Allison, who is Lena's personal assistant, kind of like Morgan is Kim's personal assistant. Which again, like, okay, Morgan played by Neff Campbell. Um, which again, it feels like Lena's really dismissive of Allison. It's as though they're all like the same person, just wearing slightly different clothes and. But the same dynamics in their group where they're like, I'm a bad bitch. I'm not empathetic to anybody and fuck all y'all. And I'm going to be as coded masculine as I can. Like, that's the vibe. So I think, I think that this happens like maybe like right before the, the um, three o'clock deadline. Uh, Nancy goes up to talk to Kim and she hears Kim scream. And when she runs in, um, Chanel, the dog, has like looks like they're clearly in distress and so Kim's like I just gave her a little bit of my tea and and this happened and first off your initial thought which is you're you're giving your dog human food and maybe you should stop doing that a point but also like Kim like this is a thing that Kim customarily does is give the dog tea which again like you know plot reasons um so like the dog falls over stiffens up like it's clearly in distress they have to take oh oh my god okay so Sarah comes in she's like okay I've contacted the the animal hospital and they're sending an ambulance and so like they legit take the dog downstairs and put the dog inside an ambulance to be taken to the animal care which I was like is this a Chicago thing? Because I am unaware of pet ambulances, but I'm I'm a fan of the concept. It's just that I have not heard of this as a thing that is, is real. It's kind of like when Hallmark movies are like, yes, the wine and cheese festival that everyone knows about in Nantucket. Anyway, so they load the dog onto the ambulance and Kim's like, I love, I love it. Like, this is the most emotion she has shown about any human being, like anyone, no human beings, no human beings, only that dog, which again, I'm sympathetic. She was like, my baby, oh my God, my baby. And so Nancy's like, okay. So, and Kim's like, you have to find who's doing this. And Nancy's like, yes, I am, I am on it when I am conscious, which is not as often as I want. So. So when they head down there and they're all primed and ready for the poisoner to walk in, the first person to walk in is Paul. And Nancy's like, (gasps) Paul. And of course, okay, so maybe Paul was mad at Kim for rejecting him. Okay, could make some sense. And again, the note that was left was not in anyone's handwriting, so it's not a thing that Nancy could trace in that way. Um, But the next person to walk in is Allison. But Nancy noticed the interaction between Paul and Allison is very much that Allison seems protective of Lena, but Allison is also head over heels in love with Paul. Like, clearly, painfully, cringeworthily, just like, absolutely like, Paul, what do you need? Yes, anything, anything I can do for you. I'm here for it. Yes, Paul, yes. So, like, Nancy sees this and she's like, I almost feel embarrassed for her because, oh my God, but Paul's completely fucking oblivious. So Paul is still in love with Kim slash Fairies of Walk. And I haven't even, oh, I think that I decided that Paul would be played by Keanu Reeves, who is worth much better than this role. But, but I love him. So it's fine. But that same kind of like, just Keanu can play, can I actually pull off just being completely oblivious to things? We have all seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We know, we know his his range. He is an excellent actor when he wants to be. Oh my God. So anyway, Keanu Reeves walks in and he's like, oh my God, we are here to do lighting for the stage. And Nancy's like, um, so poisoning note. Like I, she doesn't say poisoning note. She's like, um, I left a note and, and that's why you're here. And Paul's like, no, we're, we're here to check out lighting. And Nancy's like, no, the the note with ominous eyeballs, like, just, like, m- meaningful looks. And Keanu's like, I, no, we're, we're here to do lighting for the show. And Nancy's like, please, please just tell me, like, like you said, I just got in the way and I don't, I, I'm, I just, please just tell me the name of the poison. And Paul's like, you've been poisoned? And Allison's like, we're not here about, what are you talking about? And like, Paul's like, I don't, you're, you're crazy and I'm leaving. And so Ned, who again, okay, his woman has been threatened. His woman has said that she is dying. Ned is putting up a brave face, but Ned has reached the end of his rope. And so he's like, you will tell her the name of this poison, you little motherfucker, or I'm going to knock you the fuck out. And Paul slash Keanu is like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Ned fucking decks him, which on the one side, no, on the other side, 
Yes, because it's fiction and I can cheer for problematic shit. So, Ned, like, decks him. Alice is like, oh, my God, you monster. And there's, like, and Nancy faints because she's like, I can't, I just, I can't even, I, I can't even. She pulls a Scarlet O'Hara. So, she wakes up and Bess is like, oh, my God, oh, you're okay. And Nancy's like, yeah, what the fuck is, Paul, Paul fainted, okay, when Ned punched him or got knocked the fuck out like he was out cold. Um, the cops are there, and they're putting handcuffs on Ned. And Ned's like, I'll be fine. And Nancy's like, son of a bitch, what? And there's nothing she can do. Like, she doesn't have her dad. She doesn't have the, the like, card in her back pocket that she plays at any given moment to be like, do you know who I am? Because he's on a fishing trip away from phones or the internet and is banging Nina De Silva. So... I mean, I guess she didn't end up in prison at the end of that book. I mean, should she have? I've got, I've got cause to say yes. But anyway, Isabella Rossellini, you, you did wrong. Anyway, so Ned's in handcuffs, being led away by the police, assault and battery because he assaulted and battered. Um, Paul's in an ambulance. Bess is like, yeah, I called an ambulance. So there, there's that. I, I didn't know if it was going to be for both of you, but apparently it's just going to be for him. So Nancy's like, okay. Wow, things things have escalated. Okay, okay, so cool, cool. Um, after that point, of course, like Ned's gone. Um, in prison. Um, when she calls to say like, "Hey, are you? Have you finished with whatever the fuck you're doing?" They're like, "We're not releasing him anytime soon, bitch." And like hangs up the phone. Um, so yeah. Um, Nancy gets a note. I can't remember how exactly she gets the note. I think that maybe it's taped to her door or something. Anyway, she gets a note after this that says, I see that you're a horrible person and you don't deserve the antidote. So um, you're going to die too. in all the ways that I specified in my letters to Kim. And Nancy's like, what? What? I don't. Because another thing that happens during this, because again, like Kim's getting it for his ball. Is getting it from all sides because like she's got the threatening phone calls. She's got, um, I can't remember exactly, like, the, the dog, of course, the fact that somebody poisoned Nancy and that poison was clearly meant for Kim. Um, and then somebody, like, some poison pen, because again, referring back to the last book, which they don't, because I think that these were two different ghostwriters and they did not talk to each other. Um, maybe. She was like, there's a gossip column in the newspaper that's like, Kim is being a complete hose beast to all of her people, and somebody's threatening her, and some people are like, maybe she's getting what's coming to her, and Kim's like, this son of a bitch, and Nancy's like, well, I mean, they ain't wrong. So, like, Kim's just getting it from all angles. The other thing that happens, and I cannot remember exactly how this happens, I don't think it's when Nancy's on the way back from the hospital, but it might be. It might be. Um, so yeah, she went to the hospital to just, you know, you remember to tell the doctor, Hey, be on the lookout. Um, I've been poisoned. If anybody is walking by with a skull and crossbones bottle, please stop them, tackle them if need and steal that out of their hands so they can figure out what the fuck's going on. Um, when she was walking by there, she saw this really exclusive boutique store, the kind that according to this book, um, the doors are locked, and the only way they open them is if they come to the door and judge you as somebody who can afford their shit. And I was like, I like it. I don't know if this is true. It feels legit, though. It feels legit. So anyway, so Nancy's walking by, and she looks into one of the shops. Like, she's just window shopping. She's just trying to think through things and, and looking at all these things. And she sees in the back of a shop, like, a rack of dresses that looks remarkably like some dresses that Kim has designed. So, I'm sure you all remember the trend in the late 80s, where you would mix materials. So, you would have, like, a black velvet top and, like, a silk or satin skirt. Like, you remember. You remember this. Um, that's what she sees, except for I think that in this case is white velvet to contrast, of course, with the black velvet. And um, the skirts themselves are, like, jewel-toned silk. And Nancy sees them, and she's like, I remember seeing these, and they are not, they're not um, ready to wear. Like, they're not the kind that were meant for people to just wear. They were runway, which Nancy says this in this book, which in other books, she definitely doesn't seem to have this level of fashion knowledge. There's another point where she sees a model, and she's like, oh, yeah, she was on the cover, cover of Glamour last month. And again, I'm like, it's really interesting to me that in some books, Nancy has knowledge that she doesn't in other books. But again, that can be attributed to ghostwriters, et cetera. But it's like... 
are you a normal teenager? Are you actually like a 25-year-old or a 40-year-old in an 18-year-old's body? Are we Benjamin buttoning this? Um, what is what is happening? But it's, anyway. So she sees that and she's like, these are remarkably similar to Kim's designs. So she goes into the store. She walks up to the door and the woman who comes to the door, despite the fact that Nancy's been poisoned and looks like she may or may not have a, a light meth habit, is like, you look like you got your daddy's gold car. Come on in. And so she lets Nancy in and Nancy's like, oh, these are really cute. Oh, I guess that, um, I did not know that Kim's dresses were available in stores. And the woman's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Nancy's like, yeah, I don't see Kim's label in these. Like, that seems a bit fishy. And the woman's like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And Nancy's like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, of course you are, bitch. So she has seen Kim's designs in a, in a store, in a boutique store near the hotel, in other words. And so when Nancy comes in, like one of the things that she tells Kim, like soon after this, is she's like, I'm really sorry to break this to you this way, but um, I was walking by this store and I didn't know that you were selling those dresses. And she's like, I'm not. What the? So she's like, somebody's been selling for me. And so Nancy, of course, is like, okay, I already know that Lena got into her office and was going through her shit. Like Lena's the perfect suspect for this. So there's that. Um, I think that Lena ends up having an, an alibi for the poisoning or something like that, even though one can argue, can one have an, anyway, um, can you really? So Nancy goes up there to talk to Kim one time and she sees like one of the hottest fashion models up there who was being like sewn into her dress. And Kim's like, you need to look like you're having fun because these are, these are clothes for teens. Look like you're having fun like a teenager. And Nancy's like, she looks so nervous. And of course she's like, oh, she's one of the hottest models. I did enjoy the fact that there was no like body shaming happening about that. I did like that. Um, and it wasn't like, you need to smile more. It's just like, you need to look like you're having fun. And I was like, but you're a fashion model. Like, honestly, like resting bitch face seems to be the thing. And has been for a hot minute. So I'm sure. I don't know how one communicates I'm having fun with resting bitch face. But I'm I'm eager to explore those possibilities. So just saying. So all of these things are happening. Somebody's stealing her design. Somebody stole the pen design. Nancy's pretty sure that it was Lena. All this stuff. So she's talking to... Um, I can't remember. I think that she's talking to Morgan at the time. And Morgan's like, oh, we need to take this out for pressing. And Nancy's like what do you mean you have to take it out for pressing? And Morgan says, oh, well, after you design um, something that's ready to go on the runway, you send it out to a professional presser. Like, we would never iron our designs after we created them. We would send them to somebody who, this specifically, this is what they do. Like, it's a specialty thing. This is all they do is, like, basically make sure that they get all the wrinkles out for, like, professional shit. And Nancy's like, huh. Because she's taught, like, who could have put the poison on the pen? Um, Bess tries to find the pen, and the, it's it's nowhere to be found. They can't find it. They can't fucking find it, because she was like, maybe there's some sort of clue or something, but but she can't find it. Um, So she's like, who had access to the pen? And they're like, well, nobody. Nobody would have access to the pen. And Nancy's like, uh, that feels like bullshit. So the presser, like the dress would have gone, the outfit would have gone to the presser before it came back for Kim to wear. And so Nancy's like, okay, what about the presser? And they're like, ah... Uh, so Nancy's like, okay, who is it? So she goes to that tailor shop. And again, Nancy's not feeling great at this point. But anyway, she goes to the tailor shop and she's like, okay, so I'm just curious because um, I'm trying to help Kim and she's been having some issues. So I was just checking on basically your security here. And the guy who owns the place, who is like a little bald man, not bald, I'm sorry, um, like a, a short dude, a short king with um, like pointed mustaches is like, we have excellent security here. And the only people who work here are the ones who are like my assistants and we do not let anybody in the back and we would never. And Nancy's like, um, okay. Um, can I talk to your assistant just to see if anything weird happened? Just, I'm, I'm trying to find this pen. And he's like, we would never stolen a pen. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm just, there, there was a pen on an outfit and something weird happened with it. And I'm just trying to, can you just please shut the fuck up? And okay. So he calls his assistant up. He's like, Miss Swang, which is in the text S W A N G, which, questions anyway so he calls her up and nancy's like did she get dressed in the dark because oh my god because she's wearing like an electric blue cardigan and like olive green top and like red it, it just she looks she looks like a hot mess she looks like she let her four-year-old dress her no judgment no judgment she's also wearing some stylish ladies alligator shoes and nancy's like that's unexpected <laughs> 
She's also got like blonde cut hair, and Nancy's like, "What happened?" She looks like she cut her hair with like garden shears. Like Nancy's judging real hard, and I was like, "I mean, I'm here for it. You've been drugged, slash poisoned. You've you've only got hours to live, and you're like, but I need to pass some judgment on this outfit because oh my god, it's that level. I need to expend some of my precious little energy on telling you that you look like absolute shit. Anyway, so the assistant comes in, and she's like. She has, like, this hoarse voice, and also, like, from the back is, like, loud flamenco music, like, for no reason. It's, I'm like, maybe Nancy's just hallucinating fully at this point. It's fine. So, she's like, had, did anything happen with a pen? And she's like, I don't, I don't see any note about a pen in here. Like, and Nancy's like, oh, okay, um, okay. So, she asks about, like, assistants, and the dude who owns the shop admits that he hires assistants specifically for this time of year because it's so busy because of the fashion shows. And so, Nancy's like... Okay, so they're not the same assistants all the time. They're not, like, people he's trusted for years. So he could have hired on, like, a seasonal assistant who that's what happened. So, yeah. So the good news is uh, Paul wakes up in the hospital. He fainted from nerves because he is a... Keanu Reeves is a delicate creature who, who just needed a rest break in the hospital with some IV drugs, as one does. Um, and he declined to press charges, so Ned was released, which, of course, that's what has to happen. Ned just wanted to protect his lady. He was like, I understand. I understand. I get it. No, you know, a bro code. It's fine. You, you can punch other people if they're threatening your lady. It's it's in the fine print. So, Ned's been released. Nancy and Bess come back, and, and Nancy's like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're here. And um, she, like basically admits to Ned that she's feeling really nervous about this. And he's like, when you get finished with this, we're going to have the biggest party we've ever had. Like, we're going to celebrate this. And I was like, bye banging. Like, if y'all haven't banged yet, perfect opportunity for banging to happen after she has recovered from her poisoning. Anyway, so Nancy, as she goes to sleep that night, she's like, I might have like 12 hours to live. So she's she's not feeling it. She's just not feeling it, okay? It's, it's just not being good for her. She gets up the next morning. She's like, okay, that's like, I... I'm, that's it. I'm at the end of it. I have to find out who did this to me. And that's it. Because I've got no time left. So again, remember, she has to get to the hospital. She checks in with Dr. Liston. Dr. Liston's like, I'm really sorry. Also, um, Ned's like, what can I do to help you? And Nancy's like, call the doctor and call the animal hospital. This is the night before. And Ned's like, um, so they're not expecting the dog to make it. And the dog dies because yeah. Yeah. So the, the feeling is that Nancy and the dog were both poisoned by the same thing, and the dog maybe got a different, more concentrated dose, or because the dog was smaller, and so Nancy's like, yeah, it's gonna be me. And and Kim will care, like, maybe 1% as much about that as she did about her dog dying. So, just doing great all around. So, the next morning, they go to, um, I think that this is when they, they actually go to the, the same um, restaurant that they've been going to, where everybody's in there, um, Nancy had noticed, I think Nancy goes up to to search Lena's place and she's like, okay, but what's, what's the fucking motive here? Because honestly, if Lena is stealing from Kim, why would Lena want to kill Kim? Like, it makes sense that she might want to intimidate her to, like, get rid of her competition. But it's also, like, if she's stealing from her, like, hmm. So she goes out to search Kim's office when Kim is not there. And she finds in the typewriter, because, of course, she has a fucking typewriter, um, a note to the same poison pen columnist who had been slamming Kim. And so um, she sees, like, this note to Bronwyn Weiss is the name of the gossip columnist. It's not the same. It's not Beverly Bishop who died in the last book. Um, it's like, oh, well, Kim's been, Kim's poor dog got, you know, poisoned. Somebody hates her guts and it's just real, real bad. And, and like, just basically like feeding her information to go into the gossip column. And Nancy was like, okay, so that answers that question. Also, it seems pretty obvious that Lena was, Lena has stolen some designs from Kim. So, um, I think that, I, I think that it happens later, but, um, Anyway, when they're at breakfast, and this is, again, Nancy's like, I've got, like, five hours to, to do this. Um, she's talking to Kim about everything, and Kim goes over to Lena. And at this point, like, the the masks are completely fucking ripped off at this point. Like, Kim goes over there, and she's like, I know what you did. And, you, and she, like, pimp slaps Lena. Earlier in the book, she pimp slaps Morgan. Like, she is just not here for shit. She, bad bitch. She's, she's bad bitch, and she's girl bossing. Um, but she's like... 
I knew it. You, you like you, you have Paul. You took Paul. You, you stole my designs. You bitch. Like, and again, the books don't say bitch, but they're doing everything up to it. Um, and so like Allison's watching all this and she's getting upset. And Paul's like, she would never do that. Kim, like you need to calm down. And, and Kim's like, and to the point that the major D comes over and is like making flapping gestures because he's, uh, it's interesting because the book kind of codes him as like a feat and unable to deal with this shit. Like he needs to call some big burly security guys to deal with this. So yeah, like they're flailing at each other. Nancy goes over there to like pull them off each other and she can't, like she faints. She's just like, oh, so she falls down and she sees that she's surrounded by like five people when she opens her eyes and one of them is wearing the fucking alligator shoes and she's like, my poisoner is standing right here. Like it makes sense. The person working in the shop is the poisoner. And she looks up and it's Allison and Nancy's like, it's you. And Allison's like, shit. And she runs away almost immediately. And Nancy's like, it's her, it's her, get her, get her. So of course, like Bess and Ned held Nancy up so that she can follow her. Of course, Allison runs toward the ballroom, which is set up for the, like the runway for the fashion show to happen. Paul runs in there, Lena runs in there, Kim runs in there, and so Nancy's, and Allison's like, I, I, you know, I didn't mean to do it, it's just that I love Paul so much, and Paul's so hung up on Kim, and Kim's a bitch, and like, and Nancy's like, okay, so I, I need the name of the antidote, like, can you please tell me the fucking name of the antidote, oh my god, oh my god, and Allison's like, I've got nothing left to live for, and she fucking poisons herself, like, she pulls a handkerchief out of somewhere, and like, puts it in her mouth and poisons herself. And Nancy's like, son of a fucking bitch. And there, Nancy looks at Paul and she's like, she loves you. Go ask her the name of the fucking poison for fuck's sake. And so Paul goes over there and he's like, I care about you. Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't want you to die. I want you to live. And then he's like, oh, I'm, I actually do have, yeah, I, I do like you. Um, can you please tell us the name of the poison? Um, so yeah, Lena admits that she stole the design. She actually like basically sent Kim's like sketches of Kim's designs to a like make it up overnight shop and decided to do like a test run and put it in some boutique stores and see if it sold. Like she's all, she's desperately jealous of Kim's success. And so she was trying to capitalize on that basically so and and she stole the pen design she gave it to morgan as kind of like a fuck you which um, everything makes sense also lena um saw the paperwork on kim's desk when she came in to search it she bought a duplicate and put an explosive device in it the kind that one would put in an exploding cake the book informs us and i was like who the fuck is exploding cakes what is this some weird 1988 thing like why would what 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 the fuck are you doing but anyway so yeah lena was behind that also she was the one who made the threatening phone call which is why like the sound of her voice was so distorted like she was using the voice distorter but she couldn't distort the fact that that she was extending her s sound Paul tells Nancy that the reason that he wanted her to keep away from that equipment that he told her to get the fuck out at that point is because it, he wanted to do something new for the the fashion show. He wanted um, to, like, introduce each outfit in a different voice, which sounds ext- extremely cringe, but, I mean, it's fine, girl. It's fine. You, you were just, you were trying to mix it up some and maybe impress Kim so she would take you back. Fair as a buck. So, anyway. So... They rush Nancy to the hospital, they rush Allison to the hospital, um, and Nancy passes out, and she's like, well, I've done all I could. (laughs) She wakes up in the hospital, like, the next day. Um, She is woken up overnight, but anyway, so she's finally, like, sober and conscious again. Um, Yes, they saved her. They managed to save Allison. It was kind of touch and go there for a minute, but she'll be okay to stand trial. And I was like, yeah, um, yeah, so Allison put the poison on the she got the job at the pressers because she understood the security like gap that was there she put the poison on the pen when she saw the opportunity um because she i guess she knew kim was gonna wear it somehow um after that didn't succeed she put the poison in the sugar for kim's tea but kim fed some to her dog instead of having some immediately so that's how that happened um she was like yeah i was real disappointed that you didn't die bitch um so yeah so like, Paul's like, I mean, I feel bad for her because she had some issues. And Nancy's like, yeah. Like, Allison goes fucking all out. And, I, okay, she's going to be played by Robin Tunney, who is the good witch in the craft. Um, So she was like, Paul, you you were the only one who was ever nice to me. Everybody else just overlooked me and did not care about me. And, and you saw me. And you would, you would, like, make small talk with me and tell me jokes. And, and I love you. And Nancy's like, 
Oh my god, okay, like, uh, yeah, you, oh, this is real, real bad. Um, because again, like, Morgan also had a really strong case for this. Morgan was also being abused, like, on the regular. Um, yeah. So, Nancy wakes up, um, Bess comes in, she's like, we're so glad you're okay. Um, Carson came back, because he was like, yeah, I was having bad luck fishing. <laughs> Nancy called home at one point, she was like, hey, Hannah, have you heard from, from dad? And Hannah's like, no, what's wrong? And Nancy's like, nothing. And Hannah's like, I know your voice. What is wrong? And Nancy's like, no, I'm, I'm fine. It's fine. So anyway, so now Carson knows that the, the worst has passed. Like he wasn't there for any of it. So that's fun. Um, and I think that they didn't, they haven't told him the whole story. It's just like, oh, Nancy's in the hospital for reasons. It's fine. Um, the doctor comes in, Dr. Liston, and she's like, yeah, it was, that was, that you were cutting a real, real close there, girl. Just maybe don't do that in, in the future. And then, um, like everybody comes in to tell Nancy, like, oh, this is what happened and like everything. Kim comes in, if I raise a ball, comes in and she's like, so, um, I'm, I'm glad you're okay. And I've decided to be a better person. And then she just flaunts out and I'm like, shallowest character arc of all like Nancy's like at least she has realized that she is not the bad bitch that she thought she was she is just simply a bad bitch just just simply bad not even so it's fine and the book ends with Ned being like I'm glad you're here I'm, I need you to stick around for a real long time because we've got a lot of cases to solve and Nancy's like you can bet your sweet ass on it also get in this hotel this hospital bed because we got some time to make up for buddy Oh my God. Also forgot that at one point during this book, Nancy was like, it's so hot in here. And she opened a hotel, like the hotel window, which I was like, okay, technically I understand that you are not supposed to be able to open hotel windows above a certain height due to reasons that involve throwing yourself out said window. Um, but Nancy's like, oh, fresh air. And then she almost falls out, which again, I was like, you've, this is a thing you did in New York that one time as well. Yeah, don't even fuck around. So she, like, almost legit falls out the window. She manages to grab it with her calves. And then Bess is like, oh, my God, Nancy. And, yeah, so just a lot of Nancy being like, I'm going to make some bad decisions based on the weird stuff happening in my body right now. So that's that's going to be fun. Yeah. So Ned was there. Ned came to her rescue. Ned punched Keanu Reeves for her. Um, at the end of it, they're like, yeah, we got, we got a lot of banging to do. And I was like, yeah, you do. You do. Good times. Um, next time we're going to be looking at a crime for Christmas. Am I going to regret this decision? Almost certainly. But it also feels appropriate because the next one will be like the weekend after Thanksgiving. I think I should be able to find some time to do it. So, and it, it feels perfect. It's, it's seasonally appropriate. It's kind of weird that this book came out in December, and yeah, it was not set during Christmas. We're not even actually going to sit to hit a Christmas set Nancy Drew book for a while. Like, it's it's kind of weird that way. Anyway, what have we learned? Nothing. Um, We've learned that maybe don't treat people like shit, Kim slash Fairies of Because, oh my god, like... Whoosh. The whole, the concept of, like, this toxic girl boss situation where she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm bad to everybody around me. I'm, like, mm, and, and you are, and it's not a good thing. It's actually not a positive thing. I mean, it, it makes it sound like everything about the business is so extremely cutthroat that why the fuck would you stay in it? It's, it's weird. Like, and Kim is definitely not presented as like, I'm going to go be a seamstress and, and give up on my dream. It's just like, I'm going to be slightly nicer to people, maybe. Like, maybe 1%. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not gonna go crazy here. Just maybe 1% nicer. Maybe. We'll see. So there's that. The thing that I think hit me most about this book, especially when I was first reading it, was like Nancy actually being fucking vulnerable in a way that she generally has not been before. Like I would say the closest is during the Whitewater Terror case, whenever she was, there were Whitewater rafting in Montana and the serial killer comes, well, uh, Paula's is not really a serial killer, but at the end of the book, when like Paula comes after her and is like legit going to kill her and Nancy knows that and Paula ends up dead, like that's one of the most vulnerable times that we've seen for Nancy, and this one also is extreme, like, Nancy actually busting out crying. I want you to remember that in the previous book, remember when she thought that Dan had died because his car exploded in a fireball? She was like, I'm gonna walk it off, though. Like, 
absolutely nothing like he got involved in my case and now he's dead. It's just like, well, them's the breaks. And in this case, she's like, oh shit, it's me. Like, yeah, which I get. And yeah, I do love the ticking time bomb aspect of it. The like countdown in the corner, the Jack Bauer having to punch some people out because you, you don't have much time left. Like if you want to, if you want to earn your way back, you have to, you have to be a, a bad bitch. You, you're going to have to make some choices and make some calls. And again, like, and Ned is the one who has to do that because Ned is called in to be her muscle for that. And again, I'm I'm fine with it. Like, you do not see Nancy being physically, especially not physically confrontational in these books. Uh, she is almost always reactionary. Like, somebody comes at her, she defends herself, and that's pretty much it. Like, she's not, she's not going to come at somebody. She's just not. That's just not the way she's built. The other thing that I like to talk about in these books is like, okay, who is she helping and you would argue that she's helping Kim, who, again, like, the the real help that Kim needs is a fucking therapist. Like, let's be real here. But the other thing is that, like, the person that you would want, the, the most underdog of all is maybe Morgan, which, and Allison, clearly, who started poisoning people, which I do love that she picks such a very feminine way to go about it. We, we have no idea of the poison. Okay, the book doesn't even, it's not like cyanide or arsenic. It's just like, and this kind of yellowish powder, which you're like, doesn't blend well with sugar, but okay. Um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting to me because it's, you have this woman in this situation where she's pining away for this guy. And that's not resolved at the end of this either. Like, Paul is like, oh, I've, you know... I realize that I have some feelings for Allison, but again, it, it doesn't resolve in like a, oh, she tried to poison two people, including my ex-girlfriend, who I clearly still have feelings for, and it's fine now. Like, there's none of that. That's that's not how we're going with this, so. It's just tricky. Because again, at the end of this, you're like, y'all are all bad. Y'all are all bad people. And Allison is just like, this downtrodden overlooked and and almost every scene like her her behavior in it is almost an oversight like she seems to fill the role of just being like the sad puppy dog like oh my god I love him and he doesn't understand and the kind of role that one can almost see Bess occupying in another sort of space where it's just like unrequited love at all times where Bess is always on the lookout for love and Bess doesn't actually fall for anybody in this book I feel like maybe the poisoning plot like takes up the space that Bess having feelings for somebody would have because Paul seems like the kind of guy that Bess might have caught feelings for. But again, Paul's still clearly hung up on his ex and blah, blah. And yeah, so. Yeah, it's uh, Nancy is the damsel in distress in this one. Nancy has to save herself. And that makes sense. It does. So. That's fun. A fun Christmas time tale for everybody. It's like you get to see Christmas past, present, and future all in one. And it's banging dead in a hospital bed. I'm going to need to write that now. Okay, so next time, A Crime for Christmas, which again, I'm going to regret every part of. And I'm pretty sure that was my first introduction to the concept of plasticine. So I'm excited to share that with you because it's been a hot minute since I've read that book. And also, I'm probably going to want to pimp slap some Hardee's. Not the fast food chain. Oh my god, can you imagine? The new spokespeople for Hardee's. The Hardy Brothers. Oh my god, I hate y'all. I I mean, boys, I don't. But also, you're just so incredibly, painfully incompetent. Painfully. Anyway, okay, so that's going to be for next time. I hope you enjoyed this, this tale of poisoning and deception and pimp slapping. And also some light witchcraft. And as always, stay sleuthy, my friends.